This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Everyone's a critic, jointly presented with Chindana. Hello and welcome to Everyone's a Critic. I'm Sharmila Ganesan and I'm joined today by artist and arts organiser Rupa Subramaniam. And together we're going to be reviewing 100 Pieces Art for All, which is an art exhibition currently happening at Wailing Contemporary until the 12th of May. Rupa, thanks for joining me today. I'm always happy to go for gallery visits with you. <laughs> Let's um, start with laying out what this art exhibition is supposed to do, right? It's, it's described as an opportunity for um, everyone to be able to collect art. And basically, they're displaying art from um, 28 different artists, both emerging and established, and works starting from 400 ringgit up to 10,000 ringgit. So really, it's meant to be both a way for people to take in a very wide variety of um, largely Malaysian artists, but also to uh, seriously think about collecting or buying art for themselves. Yes, and I mean, coming from Railing, they are opening up um, further to try to include this idea that collecting art is not just for the elite few. And so I was really excited about that idea because as an arts organiser myself, um, accessibility to art, that art belongs to everyone, is definitely an idea that I'm excited about. What did you make of the uh, types of artists on show? Because I, for one, found it a really nice experience to go through. I think, I mean, 100 pieces is a lot, right? But 100 pieces with this much diversity, this much um, variety, all the different kinds of artists. I I found it a lovely way to spend an afternoon. Yeah. And what was nice about it was that those 100 pieces didn't feel overwhelming because I've been to shows where they have like 100 works from women artists and stuff like that and it's always quite intense or you come out feeling like whoa that was a lot but um, the way this was curated was like there's a nice it was a fine balance between like smaller pieces bigger pieces pieces that all sort of worked in that space without crowding it and I particularly actually liked the fact that um the works were not tied to the artist's name because um, often when you have uh, the top artists and the emerging artists in the same place, we might sometimes particularly want to go in because you know certain names, you want to go and pick out their works. But um, this was beautiful in a sense. You could just appreciate the works and then some of the works really just the style of the artist stands out um, so much you don't need to know their names. And then also it evokes the curiosity to really go and find out, hey, this is so unique, so different, I need to know more about this particular artist. Yeah, I I agree there. I I was very intrigued by the fact that all of the works were displayed without the names of the artists and without the titles of the works. And I think particularly for a show like this, which aims to kind of make it accessible, make art welcoming in a particular sense, I think it's nice to let people come in and, and react to the works by themselves in in whatever way that it draws them rather than to frame it for them in a certain way or to, I suppose, give too much context. On the converse side, though, I did want to point out that I would have liked uh, a little bit more 
now I'm going to say a little bit more context, but in the sense <laughs> that because they do have a QR code where you can scan and then you actually get a yeah. list of all the names. And that's a nice way to balance mm. it out in that you can choose to look at it when you're ready, but it's not alongside the artwork. I wish that that aspect, the digital aspect, was not just mm. a um, document that I had to scroll through. And 100 works is a lot to scroll through. I would have liked a little bit more work put into the digital aspect so that it complemented the works better. I would be slightly more critical on the digital aspect, though. Um, this is coming back to the idea that the entire scene, the entire art scene, actually took a bit too much time to catch up with the digital um, um, platforms and technologies, right? Because only when the pandemic happened, everyone was forced to go into digital. So now everyone's grappling with it a little bit. So I understand they are coming a bit, a bit later than all. Other industries such as like food, hospitality, but still accessibility here uh, on the price tag is one thing, but accessibility of information is also another thing, right? Mm. So when we are getting into the digital realm, um, it was nice that they had the QR code that was all implemented nicely. But um, the information is all held in PDF format. Now, PDF is a 90s technology we are in 2021. <laughs> It's fine to use PDF in order to like, you know, save the, the file size and all of that. But you still need to think about the UI and UX of a mobile interface. 100 works of like different names, titles to scroll through your mobile phone is just taking away something from really enjoying the experience. So galleries now um, are facing a tough challenge now because it's not just about curating an experience uh, on a physical sense in the exhibition space itself, but how are they using the mobile phone um, of the audiences to supplement that experience? And that, I believe, is something that needs to be worked on a little harder. And you said take away something and I completely agree because I feel like for a show like this, which in itself feels so organic, um, the curation was very nicely mm. done. It's kind of divided into themes mm. without being too prescriptive in a sense. You get a real sense of a journey, but you also get such a variety of works within each theme. It would be nice to have a, a digital component that complements it rather than forces you out of that that headspace that you're in? Yeah, yeah. And I want to be critical, but at the same time, I understand it's tough. We are all struggling to figure this out. Um, and um, it is by doing, I think we also learn. Mm. So, And the, mobiles, the mobile interface and the mobile screen is really difficult to to sort of uh, design for, you know. You cannot get just an, uh, uh, an average designer to design for the mobile screen. You actually need somebody who has expertise um, to design for the mobile screen, right? And that they understand the user interface of and user behavior of people who are using the mobile phones. So it's almost like um, the, the um, expertise of the curation needs to match the expertise that's building this whole digital experience. That's what I feel was lacking here. So I want to get into specific um, artists or artworks a little later, but I wanted to first ask you, mm. Rupa, overall, um, what did you think about the um, the choices of the artists that were on show, uh, the, the kinds of works that were displayed? 
The word I would use for this entire show is really quite refreshing. Um, I particularly liked the first wall. Like as soon as you walk into the gallery, there is one wall where um, it almost feels like this is what I would like at home, right? Uh, the, it was a collection of um, works of different sizes. The the mismatching works there of different styles of like some serial works some works that were uh, more doodle-like, you know, but was exploring nature and um, spiritualism. Like, it was weaving in and out. And I liked that. Um, I really liked that particular wall because it gave such a home feeling to it. Um, and the rest of the artworks were also nice in a sense. It was not too much about the pandemic because right now I think everyone else is talking about the pandemic so it's nice to escape to um, an art gallery to not think about the pandemic for a while and rather the works were you know um, reminded me of traveling reminded me of being in a space outside um, and for that two hours that I was in that space I really forgot that we were in a shopping mall and um, when a curation is done like that I think that was quite uh, it's a job well done, right? Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think one of the challenging things about introducing people who are not necessarily regular gallery goers to come to an art exhibition is to say you'll find something there that you'll you that will interest you. I think the great thing about um, a show like this is because it really does feel like people can explore and discover in a very safe space. It doesn't um, it doesn't sort of push you to. Uh, take in an entire show of things that you can't relate to or you might be intimidated by, mm. but instead just gives you a great taste of the different kinds of things that Malaysian artists have been working on and over time as well, because it's not all new work. So you see sort of um, growth for many of the artists on show. It's a sort of great introduction if you're not a, a, a visual art person. I think that this exhibition is actually a great way to kind of dip your toe in, not just for collecting, but just to kind of experience all the things that you could see. Um, we are talking about 100 Pieces Art for All, which is an exhibition that's currently happening at Wailing Contemporary, and it's on until the 12th of May. Let us know, um, have you been to any art exhibitions lately? What are the kinds that often catch your interest? You can WhatsApp us, 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio. We'll be back after a quick break. This is Everyone's a Critic, BFM 89.9. You're listening to Everyone's a Critic, jointly presented with Chindana. Break from monotony. BFM 89.9. You're listening to Everyone's a Critic, jointly presented with Chindana. Welcome back. You're listening to Everyone's a Critic. I'm Sharmila, and today I'm joined by artist and arts organizer Rupa Subramanyam. And we are reviewing 100 Pieces Art for All, which is a show that's currently on at Wailing Contemporary until the 12th of May. So earlier we spent some time talking through the experience of going through this exhibition and uh, the, the kinds of works that are on show. And I just wanted to pick out, I, I guess, some some favourites or some works or artists that stood out for us. Rupa, why don't you kick things off? Yeah, for me it was um, particularly this uh, one uh, collection of work where the artist had painted um, landscapes from Europe. 
And uh, what was so amazing about it was that uh, these are actually a pair of works, which means like it comes in two canvases. It's actually a print. Um, and you could actually rotate it in any way or format. And these two um, canvases will still make sense. And I thought that was mind-blowing, the fact that this artist had not just figured out like how to draw um, a perspective that gives you the illusion that you are walking through a landscape, um, and but like also made it like so interesting that you could actually turn the perspective around and it would still make sense. This is so the Chin uh, Kong Yi, right? Yes. Mm. And... Um, this gave me the feeling of like, you know, when you're like a child and you kind of like lie on the ground and you look at the world upside down and you're just like fascinated with the world. Um, and it really made me feel happy looking at the works. I I loved those uh, paintings. Um, and they actually prints from a much larger work that uh, he had done. I also very much enjoyed the works by uh, Cheong Kiet Cheng, um, who has a variety of works on show in this exhibition. And her... Her style, which is kind of combination of almost doodle-like art, but a lot of um, use of colour, a combination of abstract and, and drawings of nature. I, I really enjoyed it. And I enjoyed how different the different works by her were. And um, a mm. lot of her works are on show in the section that um, very much focuses on nature. And so you really get a sense of what her focus is as an artist, but also the different ways in which they can manifest. I think um, her works were some of my highlights for me. But overall, I also wanted mm. to say that I really enjoyed being able to revisit works by some of, I suppose, some of the, 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 the prominent names in our scene and the fact that people can actually choose to um, purchase some of their works. Um, people like Anurindra Jagadeva or Yao Biling, uh, Rajinder Singh, um, these are artists who, you know, often don't have their works at such an accessible price point and for, for understandable reasons. I think it's nice to see their works displayed alongside up and coming artists like Alia Hatta, who's another one who I really, really enjoyed. Um, she has these huge canvases, but the style in it is like naive painting and it reflects a lot of, a lot on childhood and, um, a lot of mm. emotion, like a sort of very emotional style, which I enjoy very much yeah and I also collectively observed that there was a there was a um, sort of a repeated color palette that you see throughout the show which was like a very pastel like um, shade um, and it comes out with a few artists work and I'm not sure whether the curators intended on this but that almost gave a cohesive feeling throughout the show that these works were not separate from one another although you know they were made by different people at different times and um, I also really enjoyed a particular sculpture that was made out of uh, leftover sandpaper um, and this was the the idea originated from a child when they were explaining about that little sculpture and um, it, it was it is almost quite easy to dismiss the work because it's not something that um, grabs your attention straight away. But um, I was looking at it and I, I really liked how it was. It looked like a little, um, almost a dinosaur, but a, a very non-threatening dinosaur. And the folds and the creases of the sandpaper um, was made to look actually really soft. And that was really, um, I think when you 
sit and just observe it, it, it almost feels like you have a pet. And um, that coming from a sculpture was a really nice feeling to have. Oh, that I love that piece. Um, before we before we close, I did want to touch on one aspect of the exhibition, right? This aspect of art being accessible to all um, and to encourage everyone yeah. to be able to buy and to own art. And I wanted to talk about whether this exhibition fully succeeds in creating that feel because I have mixed feelings, to be honest. For one, and and this goes back to what we spoke about earlier, right? How the digital platform could have been used better to help with certain aspects. I think for the average person who's not used to purchasing art from a gallery and so on, and particularly when you're talking about a huge price range from four hundred to 10000 I think it's quite intimidating mm. to have to go and ask the people there how much each painting is. Um, mm, mm, or each mm. work is rather. And I think that there are ways in which this could have been mitigated to make it a, a more comfortable and less intimidating experience for the person visiting the gallery. Yes, that and also for me, to say the price range starts from 400 onwards, but to actually have very, very limited pieces that starts at 400 because <laughs> yeah. most of the works are still at the higher tier and um, uh, I found a lot of works in the range of maybe a thousand ringgit or so but there's a still a big gap between something in the hundreds to a thousand right and um, accessibility here again we need to remember we are going through the pandemic a lot of people are not being able to afford um the bare basics, right? So for someone who's wanting to splurge on an art piece, um, to to want to become a collector, um, I I feel still that um, giving someone an opportunity to own the work, the the lower tiers should be made in more abundance, and the higher tier should be lesser, and and that's just um, I suppose kind of dividing the different tiers of affordability. So um, higher volume of works in the lower tier so that um, then it really stands true to what they're trying to do, which is making art affordable for all. How can we um, sort of play around this this whole thing to make it um, exciting for people to want to really own the works? And if we are opening up to say this is not just for the elite. And there needs to be an understanding of um, um, positioning the price range of these works. I absolutely agree. Um, I, I think it's not a question of things should be priced lower. Um, I, I feel that how we price mm-hmm. art is a whole other conversation. And obviously, um, some people's works have earned that kind of a price tag. But I think it's a question of um, when you say something is accessible for all or you're offering entry points, you're absolutely right. There needs to be more works that people can comfortably feel like they can afford within that budget of 400 ringgit rather than you go in expecting more options at 400, but really everything is at least three times that. But that said, I did want to wrap up by saying, even if you're not particularly interested in purchasing art, I think that as an exhibition, this is actually a great exhibition to take in. And, you know, you might find that something there speaks to you and is within your price range. And I do think that that as an exhibition, this is a great one. 
Yeah. No, I, I actually would like to congratulate Wailing on this because in the industry, the Wailing Gallery is known to be um, or to be a more elite space, right? But the fact that they are making a conscious effort to move towards opening up is a great attempt. As we do stuff, as we do exhibitions, then um, there, there is a feedback loop that comes from the audience. And um, I hope that actually more galleries take inspiration from Wailing Gallery um, to be able to do this so that art truly can be accessible for everybody. Whether or not they can afford it, people should be able to feel free and comfortable to walk into the space and ask questions and appreciate it um, like that really should be the function of art, you know. It shouldn't be received, uh, reserved for only people uh, with money, right? Yeah, absolutely. Rupa, thanks for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. We've been talking about 100 Pieces, Art for All, which is an exhibition that is on until the 12th of May at Wailing Contemporary. For more information, you can visit wailing-gallery.com. And let us know, uh, have you been visiting art exhibitions? What sorts of art calls out to you and perhaps convinces you to make a purchase? You can WhatsApp us 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio. You've been listening to Everyone's a Critic, BFM 89.9. Everyone's a Critic, jointly presented with Chindana. For updates on Malaysian arts and culture, follow Chindana on Facebook and Instagram. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.